What up, my cool cats and kittens? It is JP Exotic here, bringing you guys episode number, what episode, 13? Yes. Of his and hers movie podcast. And joining me tonight, she's allergic to cats. It is Carly. What's up? (laughs) You're stupid. Why? Oh, we are podcasting out of southwestern Pennsylvania. It is April 4th, 2020 at the time of recording, and we are here. We are. We are. That was a clever tie-in of uh, stuff there, I will admit. Yeah, wasn't it? Because even though our featured review is She's Allergic to Cats, yes, I think one title that we've watched overshadowed that. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. Um, but yeah, we are here. It is now April and it is a new day. So how are you doing? Um, I'm doing okay. I just got back from two different Walmarts. Uh. And <clears throat> dude, I feel like I catch Corona every time I come out of there. <laughs> yeah, just the people walking around sketch me out. Because the thing is, when I'd probably are... say eighty percent of people have on masks now, including well, that's the workers. My... The thing about that is, like, when they're wearing the mask, to me, I'm like, are they protecting themselves, or do they have something, and they're not? They're trying to protect everyone else. Like that's what sketches me out about it. Yeah, you don't know, and I, I think most people are just doing it because they're paranoid. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I'm like, I know, like at my work, if someone in your family now catches it or not catches it but if they get tested for it you have to wear a mask in case that they had it and then in case if you get it so it's like that's a precaution too now in case you might possibly have it so it's all topsy-turvy and a mess i feel like i i almost feel like i want to start wearing a mask just because i i feel like the air i'm breathing in is toxic i don't like those masks they make it really hard for me to breathe i might just use a bandana or something What's that? I said, yeah, I guess that could work. Yeah. Um, you cut out for a second. I was like, what the heck? <clears throat> but, um, um, yeah. Yeah, so what'd you do this week? What did I do this week? When did we last record? That was... I was supposed to keep track of that, and I forgot. Um, well, I worked. I watched moves, and, um, actually just got... I ordered an order off of Second Spin that I told you about, and got some movies off of there, because they were going out of business, and it was 50% off, which now it's down to 60% off. There's not a lot of movies on there, really, that people would probably want, but I got a few things off of there, so that's, that's cool. It's been a long time since I've ordered movies for myself. I used to do that a lot back in the day, but, you know never have the money so i did that that's that's sad um Mm -hmm. i i'm not a fan of these companies going out of business man it's it's rough uh you actually picked up some good titles yeah i told you i have them sitting here i got hereditary because um you know didn't own that one uh lights out insidious the last key Doctors and the Devils, the 85 one, uh, Strangers, Pray at Nights, Cabin Fever Patient Zero, Lost After Dark, and Return of the Living Dead Part 2. So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it is sad, because uh, that was just, that was my way of collecting stuff when I decided I wanted to start collecting. I used to, back in the day, when I didn't have a bunch of bills and whatnot, and still lived at home, I would literally buy, like, ten movies at a time off of that and go hasting which is also under now so it's unfortunate but um yeah so i picked up the i i usually pick up use that as a reason to get newer movies too because i don't really buy new stuff when it first comes out so it's cool to just grab it secondhand and it's usually really cheap but yeah yeah so i did that and um you and i hung out yesterday for quite a while which you know, we'll get into that yeah. on the next ep. But um, that was that was a fun time. Had a little move-a-thon. And um, other than that, I really didn't do too much. I've been inv- avoiding stores for the most part. I could still do that because uh, I haven't really had to get groceries or toilet paper yet, luckily. And that's been nice. I'm not really saving money, though, like I thought I was. Like, I feel like I'm still broke even though I'm not doing anything. So that kind of is lame but <laughs> <laughs> that's annoying but 
other than that, that's about it. I've been working, watching movies, and doing the same old crap, I would say. So, what have you been up to? Um, I pretty much just watching a lot of moves, um, working, uh, just kind of doing the, doing the damn thing. Um, you know, um, I got a switch for my birthday. Been yeah, playing, we're play, been playing Pokemon Sword a little bit. Yeah, where'd you get that from? Santa Claus. Oh, I didn't know he came on birthdays. Yeah, he likes <laughs> me. Yeah, well, that's that's nice, I guess. Uh huh. <laughs> so, um, I've been playing Switch. Um, I before that I was playing some Madden. Uh, I've been playing a lot of games lately. Past the mm-hmm. time, um, I gotta do. I gotta do a few cleaning around and stuff like that, but um, for the most part, it's just been weird, like, staying, you know, just going to work, coming home, going to work, coming home, going to work, coming home, like, and just doing everything inside, um, so yeah, but <clears throat> we we decided, <clears throat> we both had a Friday off, which is pretty rare, mm-hmm. and we decided to have a movie marathon. Which um, we will give a recap of it next week in next week's episode. But the concept, a little teaser here, um, is we watched six movies in one day and went and got a bunch of snacks and stuff. Similar to Moods' 24-hour marathon, but we didn't watch 24 hours worth of movies. It was more like... um, With all the bull stuff we did in between, it was like 12 hours. Yeah. But, um, like, we went and got food and went and, um, you know, bought snacks and stuff like that. But, yeah, we actually recorded it. So that will be a video on his and hers movie podcast after I get it edited. And, of course, we will give a recap of that event next week on the show. But we actually already did it. We just don't want to put too much into this show um, because next week's show is a little light. So we'll talk about that next week. Um, which by the time you hear this, it will be next week. So it's kind of like two episodes in a week type thing since we, 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 we were a little behind on the recording schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we, uh, did this 24 or this, I'm sorry, 12 hour marathon, six movies, um, randomly picked from my collection, uh, a little preview of what's to come. Uh, Carly did not enjoy her time. So yeah, uh, pick better moves next time. I pretty much picked them at random out of my collection, but, um, yeah, so that is that, um, it should be fun, you know, to, to revisit that. I'm going to edit the video and we also have that MRE video still coming out. Um, I just got to get time to edit. Um, but yeah. So with that said, uh, what have you watched? Uh, let us see. Where did I leave off? All right. All right. Probably quite a bit of stuff here. Let me see here. Uh, okay. What did I watch? I watched, all right, for watch number 100, kind of an uneventful watch. I actually watched that Terror on Tape 85 thing that you had told me about just out of curiosity. Uh, like you said, it's not really a movie. It's just like one of those things where some dude goes to a video store and he's like, I need something scary. And then some guys like just playing clips from random uh, like horror movies and exploitation movies, uh, you know, from the eighties and seventies and stuff. And, um, so, you know, that was, that was cool. I, I like stuff like that though, watching clips of movies. The only movie I had seen on there was actually the Slayer, which I had just watched to do on exploding heads, um, not too long ago. So, um, I forget what the other movies even were, but, um, it was, it was an interesting watch. I mean, there's nothing to it. It literally isn't really a movie, but, uh, it, it was what it was. Um, yeah, it's very basic, but it was kind of fun. Look, cool little clip show. Yeah, I kind of put on, like, as a background thing anyway that night. Um, it was actually the same night we had recorded our last episode, and I just threw it on because it was, like, getting late. But And then after that, um, I watched The Room, which we did a Netflix and chill episode on. So, yeah, if you want to hear the thoughts on that. Um, that episode's not out yet, though, I don't think. So yeah, that's like, not, that's our I next. Totally forgot about that episode. <laughs> yeah, that'll be our next um, episode on there that'll come out. So I won't really give my opinions on that on here. But 
After that, um, I actually checked out What We Do in the Shadows. That's a movie that uh, Mr. Brandon Orlick actually had sent to me, and um, I loved that movie. I really, really liked that movie. It was obviously a comedy parody yeah, you vampire quit talking film. About it. <clears throat> yeah, I lo- like. Uh, yeah, I kept bringing up annoying you and bringing up all the scenes from it, even though you probably don't remember any of it. But it, it was just so. The humor just really hit with me. It was very lighthearted. It was one of those ones that just... I would probably rewatch that over and over again. Especially if I'm like in a bad mood and don't want to watch anything serious or depressing. That's the type of movie I would throw on. And I was pleased by it because I was thinking... I always heard it all hyped up by people and saying it's so funny. But a lot of times I don't find stuff funny that everyone else does. So I thought I was going to think it was dumb. Especially the concept of it just sounded dumb to me. But I actually really enjoyed it uh, the story i like the story too it's just clever what they do and how it's filmed like a documentary style um good good movie everybody should watch that and then um after that i watch i've been going through you know my regular collection of stuff i haven't watched and um after that i checked out the gallows uh from 2015 now this movie got horrendous feedback i remember back when it came out people Made it sound like it was barely a movie, if I recall correctly. They were like, oh, it's just a bunch of people in the dark getting, like, nooses around their neck for, like, an hour. And that's it. And that's just what I heard from just people in my regular life and reviews online and things like that. So I thought it was going to suck. Um, I picked this up at Dollar Tree. A lot of people have been picking that up at Dollar Tree because, of course, they've been selling some random decent movies. And it was on Blu-ray, so figured why oh, not. Oh, by the way, whenever you said you thought that was just a one-time thing or something dollar tree has been selling movies for years oh i know they've been selling movies for years but like i mean they all of a sudden were selling like ones that were heard of and no no they always have it's just we didn't have any around here oh so they oh really yeah but while everyone like made it seem like a big movement on facebook they were all like posting their hauls all of a sudden about them i know it was weird how that happened but i've seen Mm -hmm. people post hauls for years from Dollar Tree. All right then. I mean, I never really even paid attention in Dollar Tree because they used to have them in like they still kind of do like in weird locations. So I never realized before. But yeah, I, I looked one time and it seems like they get a new ship shipment in at the. I forget like it said on one of the boxes like place this from you know February uh, this to March twentieth or something. Oh. So I think they come in like you know shipments. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, but but um yeah, this was one of the movies I picked up uh, picked up there and uh guys, I actually like was really creeped out by this movie. I watched it at like 2 a.m. It was really late at night and I just threw it on while I was laying in bed thinking it was going to be stupid and I just fall asleep, but I was pretty creeped out by it. I mean, I think it's just like the whole concept of it where it's like the beginning of the movie, um, a teenager dies on stage at a school play in this tragic event that is completely unrealistic and would never happen. It is actually kind of stupid, but um, the concept of it was creepy to me and just the whole school setting late at night when no one's around and all this stuff is going down was super creepy. It, it just really creeped me out for the first time in a long time. I was very scared by this film, um, I see what people's problem is with, like, the characters. They say dumb stuff, unrealistic things happen, and it's, like, just... Some of it is just very unrealistic, so I kind of see that argument, but I don't know. I don't know why this one got as hated on as it did, because, I mean, it's not that bad, in my opinion. Like, I ended up giving it a 7 out of 10, but maybe I'm crazy, but I actually enjoyed it, but... After that, um, I watched Hangman, uh, which is another found footage type of movie, and uh, this one was also pretty creepy. Uh, The concept is uh, a little different, where you have this dude breaks into these people's house and while they're on vacation, and he puts cameras everywhere, and he's still hiding out in their house the entire movie, and they don't realize it. They think, oh, someone robbed us while we were gone. Now he's gone, everything's fine, but he's actually still lingering around their house and, like, hiding out in the shadows and, like, their attic. And he comes down at night and, like, drinks their orange juice and stands over them while they're asleep. And then when they're not home, he's, like, watching their TV and just doing all this weird stuff like he lives there. And uh, it was pretty disturbing. I don't know if it's exactly super realistic. I mean, I feel like this stuff could happen, but... 
for this long period of time. I don't know if it would be a realistic thing, but uh, the concept is just really scary and uh, it has a pretty downbeat ending. So I enjoyed that one as well. It was really good. Um, then after that, um, I watched The Boys Next Door, which is an 85 movie, more of like a crime drama thriller film. Um, but uh, what goes on in it is you have like these two outcast-ish teenage boys, one being Charlie Sheen um, and uh, this other, you know, dude. Uh, and they decide that, I think it's right after they graduate, they want to take a road trip. They have like $200 that one of them got as a uh, birthday or graduation gift or something like that. So they decide to take a spontaneous trip to, I believe it's California. And um, while they're there, it's like you kind of discover that the one dude in particular, uh, not Charlie Sheen's character, but the other guy kind of has like this craziness about him. Like they're in the car and he's like, you ever just get that feeling you want to bang, bash someone's head off the window or like kill somebody. And, you know, the other dude's like, well, yeah, of course, all the time, jokingly. And he's like, well, I have that feeling and it's like serious and just that type of conversation. And they kind of go on like this spree of crimes and killing and mayhem and uh it was actually really good um and i liked how it all wraps up at the end uh it by the end you're kind of, there's kind of this big mall scene that i thought was pretty cool um it's a little i would say it's light on the horror elements you know there are killings and stuff like that but it's not done in like a super dark way like confessions of a serial killer or anything like that so um that's kind of why i would say it's more thriller than anything but um it was a good one i was glad i watched it i enjoyed it um then after that i um watched stoker from 2014 or 13 about time yeah and um i don't know about this move why is it it's like a masterpiece dude a masterpiece yes definitely why a masterpiece because it's an amazing move Okay, well, I liked it. I did like it. Um, I feel like I didn't pay attention maybe yep. the entire time. Yeah, Screw it's you. it's a it's one that you have to really pay attention to because there's a reveal, like, um, later in the film that like changes what you thought about characters and stuff, and it's it's like pretty impactful. Yeah, I I just like wasn't into it that much from the start. I think I did like for the, it wasn't one of those ones where I zoned out the entire film because I was I was doing something like putting like uploading a video or something like that while it was playing. But um, I paid attention like in and out. It was just one of those ones where I feel like I should rewatch it because I definitely missed some things. And I also kind of went into it knowing like what people say about it and what the type of movie it turns out to be. So I felt like, Oh, I already know about this movie, but I should rewatch it. Um, I still, I still enjoyed it though. I thought it was a good movie, but I didn't, it didn't live up to the hype you said. And it's probably because of my own fault because I am dumb, but um, no. Uh, but then after that, um, I watched paranormal. Well, hold up. Um, that movie is interesting because it's directed by Park Chan Wook. Yeah, who is that? Um, he did he did like a bunch of movies like Thirst and um, I think Old Boy. Um, he did he did like a bunch of <clears throat> I think he did the Vengeance trilogy. Okay, yeah, I knew that. I actually knew that name. I didn't really know what all. I didn't look up what he did though. But when it came up saying he directed it, I was like, I think I've heard that person before. Yeah, he directed Old Boy, Lady Vengeance, Symphony for Mister Vengeance and thirst well i have never seen any of those movies but i have heard of all of them so yeah he's a, he's a really good director mm. um but yeah that was that was a that was a i really loved that movie when it came out i just couldn't call it horror at at the time so i put it in i didn't put it in my top 10 but um i've only seen it that one time when it came out so you know but yeah, yeah i think i, I thought just... it was amazing when i first seen it yeah, that's interesting because I feel like you would definitely put that in your list probably nowadays. Now. Probably like now. you probably yeah, because you now people like are more open to stuff. Yeah. It does feel more thriller drama throughout the whole thing, but I think the storyline is horror esque. So, but um, 
Then after that, I watched Paranormal Activity 4. Um, I just had it next in the, the collection. Um, you know, I just don't... Like, uh, this movie is okay. Um, I think this is one that most people don't like that much anyway. That was the one everybody liked. The is one, it? Isn't it the prequel back in the 80s? No, that's the that's part three. The one with their little girls. Oh, that's, maybe that's the one everybody likes. That's the one, yeah, that's actually my favorite. I like that one a lot. I think it's got some creepy moments, but... Um, part four, I think people are kind of iffy on, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but this is the part four is the one where you're kind of following this that like blonde chick and her boyfriend, and there's that scene with the car, and you probably never even seen these. No, I've never movie. seen. I've never seen past two. Okay, dude, don't get smart. But um, I've told you that a million times. All right, dude, whatever. Shh. Anyway, um, but yeah, uh, the, it's okay. I I think all the movies are just okay. Rewatching them, this time i feel like in high school i liked them actually better even though back in high school i didn't even really like them too much but um i was nostalgic to rewatch these and i feel like i just don't really care for them too much and part four has its moments but especially you know when you get into like part four and that it just becomes more for entertainment value than anything than trying to seem realistic or anything like that so you know it, it's all right though i mean i gave it like a six out of 10. Uh, part 3 is definitely probably the best, in my opinion, than Part 1, then Part 2, and then this one. But um, but after that, um, I checked out Lovely Molly, and uh, I really dug this movie. Um, I didn't know what it was about going into it. All I knew is I, I had seen multiple people, including you, say it was pretty good whenever you had seen it. So, um, and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be exactly. So I, I actually thought it was interesting. It kind of involves like paranormal and like drugs and like, you know, just psychological problems and kind of like combines them all together and makes a, it's got some disturbing moments in it and just some weird uncomfortable moments in it too. And I like the main girl that's that you're following. I thought she did a really good job. So um, I actually really dug the movie. Um, you know, like I said, I went into it not really knowing much about it, and I was pleased. So that is that. And then um, I guess finally, uh, for me, I watched Eternal Evil from '85 earlier today, and um, yeah, not that good of a movie. Um, it wasn't as bad though as I was thinking. Um, I've seen worse from 85 i still gave it like a four out of ten it's not a good movie at all um but it it had a decent like it, you could fall you could watch it it was like a watchable film and it seemed like they were trying at least a little bit but the effects and like stuff that goes on in it is kind of laughable so um for that those elements it's really not that good but it was all right i've seen worse aka horror on highway five and bloodstream from that year so that is all my movies for so far so now it is your turn <clears throat> yeah and keep in mind we did watch six extra movies since um we did the yeah. marathon but we'll talk about those next week yeah all right uh first up for me movie number 110 after the hunt which was 109 reanimator uh r.i.p to mr stuart gordon uh he passed away uh, i guess it would be a week ago now right yeah about a week ago yeah, I forget the exact date, but yeah, I would say about a week. And uh, we decided to do a watch party for Reanimator, um, which is actually not my favorite Stuart Gordon film, but it is from 1985. I have already watched it for 85 prep, but I decided to watch it again since it was, you know, um, in honor of his death. Uh, he is a uh, underrated filmmaker, I would say. You know, he directed some good stuff, um, Reanimator being his most known film, but he also directed From Beyond, which I think is like the better um, in those two films. Um, Castle Freak, which is a really fun movie. Dolls. Uh, he also did some stuff like Robot Jocks, King of Ants, and um, a couple of other films in, in later in his career, but um, very talented filmmaker. Uh, I enjoyed a lot of his early work quite a bit. Um, Reanimator is a um, film that I've never loved like everybody else. I just didn't grow up with it, I think, is why I'd, I never really cared for it uh, like other people do. Like Some people, it's like one of their favorite movies ever. It's just like good to me, you know, but I don't think that it's... it's not. I, it's not my favorite. I've watched it like four or five times now, and I still don't 
see the hype on, on it, you know. But I, I mean, that's not fair, fair because I do see why it's good. I just when people say it's like one like one of the better horror films ever made, I just I, that's why I like just am puzzled. Yeah, I mean, I really like it. I I didn't grow up watching that one either, but um, the few times I've seen it, I actually quite enjoy it. But yeah, so. Um, then I watched Altered for Flick 111. Uh, did this one with a watch party too. This is actually a Patreon watch for later in the um, 22 Shots episode that uh, I will be doing. Um, it is a alien film where the, a couple people find an alien. Uh, they capture an alien that, that uh, you know, because they were abducted when they were younger, they are getting revenge on these aliens. They capture a real alien and it's a pretty cool movie, pretty decent effects and um, a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Directed by Eduardo Sanchez. Cool. Uh, after that one episode 112, I watched the room or sorry, movie 112. I watched the room, <laughs> which is a shutter original. Um, you guys can listen to our, um, podcast on that thing um which is should be out next week um yeah so the room uh then i watched the crazies 1973 um i decided to check this one out because i was kind of in the mood for these like sort of infection pandemic films um since our times that we're going into Mm -hmm. you get what i'm saying Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, dude, honestly, that one is kind of ahead of its time. It came out in 1973. Like, 1973 is four years away from 69. You know what I mean? It's yeah. A, it's very close to the 60s, which I always find, like, the 60s and 70s was a huge turning point in, like, the way films looked. Yeah, I would, yeah, I agree. And that movie, um, that movie is creepy relevant to today with some of the stuff that is said yeah, in it. Yeah, it's like kind of ahead of its time. It reminds me of like, because this is before Dawn of the Dead. This is before Day of the Dead. Um, this is only after Night of the Living Dead. And I was like, wow, that's kind of interesting. Like George Romero, um, you know, some of the elements that we see in Dawn and Day later were, you know, forecasted in this film. Um, I think that the government in their creepy all white suits with their gas masks is pretty creepy um it's a pretty decent film i I really liked it i gave it like an eight out of ten um then i watched a trilogy of documentaries paradise lost the child murders at robin hood hills 1996 paradise lost Two revelation 2000 and paradise lost three purgatory 2011 um this is a series of documentaries that uh i first seen because of jeremy's recommendation on 22 shots uh, funny enough, I actually put Paradise Lost as my number two film of 1996 when we did that show. Probably a cheat. <laughs> but um, I liked it that much. It's an absolute amazing film. Uh, it follows um, these three boys who are put in prison because they are convicted of the murder of three eight-year-olds. Um and you're kind of told all these interesting facts like um there was no physical evidence linking these three to the three eight-year-olds um their main explanation for these three kids being uh involved is that one they were weird looking they dressed in all black they wore like metallica t-shirts um they were you know heavy metal heads Uh, They were into like witchcraft Wiccan type of stuff, Um, maybe a little uh, Satanism to a certain extent, but not to the extent of what the police say. Um, It seemed more like they were just like, you know, doom and gloom kind of fit in the the mold. Um, I don't think that that meant they were doing sacrifices on children. Um, But yeah, so interesting. Uh, The first film focuses on um the trial mainly and then the second film focuses a lot on one of the fathers of one of the murdered children and his inconsistencies with his stories and his wife's death and things like that um i actually think that in the first film they paint him as the guy who probably did it 
In the second film, I think they still paint him as could have been involved, but through my own watching, I felt like he wasn't involved. Um, but in the first film, I did think he was involved, so that just goes to show you. Um, and then the third film that came out in 2011 follows like the aftermath and the people trying to get the the three out of prison, and you know um, the father who blamed them has now in has reversed his opinion and says that they're innocent so it's very interesting how things all played out um a fantastic trio of documentaries three of the best out there uh, the first one's a 10 out of 10 the second one's an 8 out of 10 and the third one's an 8.5 cool i've um, never seen those yeah they're really good they're like all two hours long each though oh um movie 118 28 days later 2002 again with the pandemic i just felt like hey i should i should check this out i've been wanting to revisit it for a long time this actually was my number two film of 2002 um my number two which i think my number one was frailty which came out in 2001 so this would have been my number one had i actually done that correctly um but yeah so 28 days later is a film that follows a man who wakes up in a hospital after the world has pretty much ended and he is uh you know wandering the streets of london i guess and he eventually figures out that there's these crazy infected people who are have like a rage virus and they're after him so uh all the people have become infected with this rage virus he finds a group of survivors they stick together find another group of survivors their hope is to uh follow a military beacon and meet up with the military and have some sort of protection um man this is a fantastic movie honestly uh i think that danny boyle's directing style um just dude like i'm actually like this movie more now that i'm thinking about it after a couple days have went past but um i remember first seeing this film in 2004 or three or something um and i was i rented it with saw and i watched both of those back to back and my mind was blown (laughs) like i i had felt fallen out of new horror i hadn't really watched a whole lot of new horror you know Mm. And um, these had come out over the past couple of years, and I watched both of them back to back. This one first, Saw second. And I was like, holy crap, like horror has changed. And um, I've always said that the post 9-11 horror um, was much stronger, um, you know, from 2001 on to about 2005 or six. Maybe even maybe even all of the early 2000s, once you get the French new wave coming in and stuff like that. Um, but I've always felt like it was much more raw and, and hopeless. And that, that is the case with 28 days later, man. It just has this washed out, um, you know, dry look to it that just, it just works. And the music is amazing. Um, the only thing that I I don't love is by the end, the military section becomes a little cliche. We've seen it before with Romero films and stuff. It's a little cliche for a zombie slash infected film. I know they're infected, but I'm just saying they it's, it plays out like a zombie film. Um, but I love, I actually love the way that it's directed and I love the rage virus. Honestly, like I prefer the slow moving Romero zombies to the fast moving infected, um, films but i actually really like the how the rage virus is done in this film it's frantic that it's fast editing it's very good movie i gave it a nine but i honestly probably could go a little higher if it wasn't for the military section um then i watched jeepers creepers 2001 Uh, i picked this up on blu-ray recently wanted to give it a shot haven't seen it in a really long time and i was kind of in that like early 2000s mode man i was just like feeling it um, of course, this film is, um, very well known for being directed by Victor Salva, who committed, um, horrible, horrible, heinous crimes who should be condemned and, and just punished and, and, uh, you know, it just, I don't even want to get into it, but I, I, 
I am in the camp where, you know, I would have been cool if he was completely castrated or something. You know, it's, I don't, I don't think it's, it's a horrible crime. Yeah. I also am from the camp that, um, you know, I don't, that doesn't affect my enjoyment of said movies. Um, and this is one that I think, first of all, this is his best film. I've seen, I've seen all of his horror films, I believe. Um, and this is his best one. I think this, this movie is amazing. Um, I've always really liked it, but rewatching it, I think that it is like phenomenal. It's, it's one of the best scary movies in modern history. Um, at a time where they weren't really doing original scary movies that weren't, you know, based on a Japanese ghost story, uh, film from Japan or, you know, a haunted house or something. They weren't really making horror movies that were scary around this time that weren't ghost or paranormal based. You know Mm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and I think that he created an incredible monster with the creeper and, by the way, I don't know if you've ever seen the Unsolved Mysteries episode where it is very similar to Jeepers Creepers. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, actually, I think you told me about it and then I looked it up on YouTube and they actually, someone had uploaded like a side-by-side comparison of the two things and that's insane. Yeah. It's the exact story. Because to my knowledge, I'm, I'm, I've never heard Victor Salva mentioned that he got the idea from an episode of unsolved mysteries but it is clear as day he's seen that episode there's no doubt about it yeah for sure like it's even shot that episode is like filmed the same way as the movie so it's pretty cool yeah but um he definitely took a scary concept and and expanded upon it it's it's an amazing amazing film uh super scary super creepy it's weird man it's it's a weird creepy movie um, I'm at a nine out of 10 on that bad boy. Uh, then I watched Jeepers Creepers two for the hell of it. Um, I actually think this one is nearly as good as the first one. It's creepy. The opening is amazing with the scarecrow. I actually like all the kids on the bus, the road horror. Um, I like the, the way that it ends. It's, it's a very, very cool movie. Um, that expands the creepers mythology and it, and it, he's, Dude, the scene where he's outside the bus window and they just like look around the seat and his face is just there and he's, <laughs> oh, dude, it's scary. That shit is scary, dude. I don't care mm-hmm. what you say. That is scary. Um, it will forever scare me. And uh, any movie that scares me, I love. Uh, that's an 8.5 for that one. Then I watched The Supposed Abomination of Jeepers Creepers 3. And honestly, I liked it. I thought it was pretty solid, personally. Um, I thought it's, it's kind of interesting because it takes place in between Jeepers Creepers one and two. So it's technically Jeepers Creepers two and Jeepers Creepers two is Jeepers Creepers three. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. So it takes place in between Jeepers Creepers one and two, uh, two being the last film in the timeline and one being the first, this one takes place in between that. And I actually thought it was pretty good. It brought back the, um, creepers truck um it added some more mythology to the creeper um it you know there was some some cool moments the the biggest problem is the cgi i will admit it's not great for me the biggest i didn't like that it was set like in the daytime for the majority of the film yeah yeah because the other two movies i mean they're set in the day but like this entire film is like in the daytime and the other two are like have a I lot of night that. settings so yeah. um but i think that like the continuity was really good in this one and i'm a sucker for continuity so i like that they carried over some of the um you know uh aspects of the first film and the second film and you know tied them all together like nice and tight um i hated some of the stuff with the truck like the booby traps on the truck it just didn't make sense to me i just felt like it was unrealistic um, so I didn't like that, but there's some great moments in the film. Uh, I, I, en- I enjoyed it. I don't think it's great, you know, but I thought it was decent, a decent attempt for such a small budget. I'd read that his budget was like cut in half right before filming. So that could really screw you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that I, honestly, like I saw a, a great film there. I think if he would have had the money that he had on one and two, it would have looked really good and been the same as Jeepers Creepers one and two. But I gave that a six out of ten. Um, then I watched Twenty Eight Weeks Later, um, which I had never seen before, and I'll say honestly, it's pretty good. Um, this one's a little bit different. It takes place uh, twenty eight weeks after the events of the first film. Uh, they started rebuilding society because most of the infected died off from starvation. Um, but there's one character who gets infected um, and has been like hovering around and comes into contact. But um, she's infected, but she's not like she's um, immune sort of, but she can still carry the infection so she can still pass it along. Accidentally infects like this um, outpost and starts the virus all over again, essentially. And it's uh, a bunch of kids, these two kids. I'm trying to survive uh, the new outbreak. And uh, yeah, I think that it, it, the most interesting thing about this film is that it is not directed by Danny Boyle, but it feels like it is. Um, It has the same style that 28 days later did. And I like that about the film. It fits very well. feels like a direct continuation. Uh, The editing's there. The music's probably even better than in the first film, the way that they use the score and stuff. I absolutely love it. Um, it was honestly, it's pretty, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that I put this off for so long because it is a very good follow-up. I gave it an eight. Cool. Um, and then we have, uh, 123, we have Mad Max. Um, and this one I wanted to see just because <clears throat> I hadn't, um, ever, I haven't ever watched it all the way through and I wanted to watch the other Mad Max film. So I was like, you know, I'll just watch this one. And it, I had the sealed scream factory of this. So finally cracked it open. Um, it's much more of, uh, it's not really as post-apocalyptic as the other two films, like out in the desert and stuff, but it's, you know, it's, um, it's like decent. Um, I just didn't love it. It's more of like this revenge narrative thing. Um, super thick Australian accents. Uh, I gave it a seven, but I like the other Mad Max films better. Uh, and then I watched hell hole, which I thought I owned. I swore I owned it, but apparently I didn't own it. Um, and I watched that on Tubi, 1985, like sort of women in psychiatric prison care thing, um, boobs, experiments, stuff like that. Um, it was all right. I didn't love it. I sort of kind of tuned out of it a few times and it took me a couple of days to finish. Um, so yeah, there's that. And then finally I watched the road warrior, um, last night and that is Mad Max two, um, much better Mad Max film. It's got some great car chases in it. It's kind of known for just the wacky look of the post-apocalyptic people in their, you know, garbs that they're wearing and stuff. Like one dude has like a Jason five hockey mask. You know, the cover of Jason five, the weird looking hockey mask that's never yeah. used in any of the movies. Mm-hmm. There's a guy who's like wearing a hockey mask that looks like that in, <laughs> in the road warrior. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, that is everything i watched except for the one fit thing that we, that I guess we'll talk about here in a moment, but yeah, tons of stuff there. I actually did end up watching a few things out of my collection that were unwatched, which is nice. Um, so those films that I watched out of the collection, that were unwatched was the crazies. I had the Blu-ray paradise lost paradise lost two. I don't own paradise lost three. So I watched it on YouTube Um, 28 days later and 28 weeks later, both Blu-rays that I had sealed Um, Jeepers creepers one, two and three. Also I had the one and two scream factory. And then I just picked up three. Those were sealed. Um, And then Mad Max was sealed. So, and Bread Warrior. So, I actually got to quite a bit this time. <clears throat> nice. Very yeah. nice. A lot of moves. Yeah. So, the last thing that we watched was Tiger King. Yes. Okay. Murder, Mayhem, and Madness, or something like that. Oh, crap. I need to. I don't even know how to explain this. Hold on. <laughs> Didn't look up a synopsis. Let me see what. Give me one minute. Uh... Okay. Okay, an exploration of big cat breeding and its bizarre underworld populated by eccentric characters is the description. So this is, if you've been sleeping under a rock, you've probably heard of this by now, but it is 
uh, the newest Netflix uh, docu-series. Um, it's seven episodes long. It follows the trials and tribulations of Joe Exotic, big cat zoo owner, um, and Carol fucking Baskin, who <laughs> um, is a animal rights activist um, who is trying to stop Joe Exotic and then the many people that come into Joe Exotic's life. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, I don't know, dude. I, I, I don't want to get into to, to it too much because p- it feels like everybody's talked it to death by now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, I thought it was really good. Like, I was super into this weird sort of um, character of Joe Exotic. Like, it's funny because I've watched a lot of press and different stuff after the show had aired. And um, the, the documentary, like, am I wrong... Does it almost paint Joe as like, like the protagonist of the show? Yeah, for sure. Because like I had read, I had heard other people say that like he was a complete d bag and like um, abused animals like way more than it was ever shown and stuff like that. Yeah, you see, he he's very manipulative in the show, so it's like one of those things where while watching it, I kind of went back and forth on feeling bad for him and thinking like this guy's an a-hole but they do definitely kind of make him look like the hero especially with you know old carol baskin being the other central character in it they make it seem like joe is the one to feel bad for and they don't really go into like i was almost confused by the end like why is he in so much trouble because they really don't go into like the animal abuse aspects that much like you see some things and they talk about some things briefly but it's not like upsetting or anything like that so i'm kind of yeah, I feel like they don't really. I didn't, and I didn't look up details really after the fact, so I don't know the full story on him or anything like that. But from the documentary, it's not about the animals as much as it feels like it's just about showing these weirdo characters and how they live their lives. Yeah, um, there was some shocking moments in this thing um, when the girl got her arm ripped off and went right back to work. I was <laughs> like, "What the heck? Like, that's insane." Um, the fact that most of these people that work there or actually don't work there, they're like, they're not employed. Like they don't get paid. They just get, um, room and board essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that Joe exotic is like a gay man who married like four polygamist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's just so like every single character they introduce, there's something off about them. It's like, you said, the first episode, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to really like this. But then as you just keep watching it, it gets worse and worse and crazier and crazier. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God. Like like you said, that girl gets her arm ripped off. I mean, she seems normal, but it's like, dude, you got your arm ripped off and just you wanted to make sure Joe didn't get in trouble. So you went back to work. Carol Baskin, like she seemed like she had good intentions at first. And then by the end, it's like F Carol F and Baskin. And then like Joe's nuts, freaking just everyone who works there is crazy. Yeah. And you're just like, how did all these people come about? It's, uh, and I usually don't get behind these Netflix shows too much. Uh, I'm not really into them. Like people I work with will devour every single documentary and every single original TV series that comes out. And I never know what they're talking about. And I wasn't going to watch this one, but you tricked me into watching it. And, um, I did. But I'm glad I did, because now I get to share in the memes and the jokes, and I see what people are talking about. So it makes me want to start watching more of these documentaries that Netflix pulls out their butt, because they do a good job. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But, uh, yeah, so, um, the Carol killed her husband, do you think? I think so. I I think she either killed her husband or, yeah, she killed her husband. I kind of, I don't know if I believe that fully. I believe that she knows what happened to him, though, at the very least, or like knows something that happened that day. No, nah, dude. He, here's the thing. I, I would like. He would have turned up if he wasn't dead. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to. I feel like she might have got someone else to do it for her, or something. I don't know. I just don't know. I think she's crazy. For sure. I think they reopened the case on her, actually. Yeah. 
Well, it's been open, but they, they're asking, they're actively pursuing it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll tell you this. Um, did you know that she also had another husband that went missing? No. Yeah. I don't think they shared that in the show, but I read that online. Like before that guy? Yeah. Oh my God. Dude, I would, de- she was, a- <laughs> if I was her husband now, I would be like, um, I don't know if I want in on this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's really, so she definitely killed her husband then. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that it was a really good show. Um, I, I was really, really into it. I, I went, here's here was my plan. My pap started watching it and it was on and I was like, so enthralled in what was like in this like gay cowboy, like redneck guy who loves tigers, country music star TV show host that I was just like, um, what are you watching? And I was just, <laughs> I couldn't stop watching it. And it made me late for work almost. Cause I kept like starting to get ready. And then I would stop in front of the TV and stand there for like three minutes. And then I'm like, I gotta go. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch that when I, uh, you know, if it's dead at work or whatever, I'll throw it on my phone. And, uh, I, I did. And, <laughs> Um, I watched like two episodes and my plan was, I'm just going to watch one episode a day to sort of hold me off and like pass the time a little bit when it's dead. And by the, when I got home, I couldn't, I couldn't hold the restraints and I I watched the entire series in one night. Mm -hmm. I do that a lot. Every time I get into a show on Netflix, I watch the whole thing. Yeah. I don't do that too much anymore, but with this show, I was watching it after work every day and then um it was like on third wednesday or thursday I, I forget when i started watching it but the one night i watched an episode i think it was like episode four and i was like that was a pretty good episode i watched while eating dinner and then like i watched the movie and did some other things and i was laying in bed and it was like eight o'clock and i was like well i'm not really tired right now so i turned on my laptop and ended up finishing the last three episodes in that one night so you know essentially i did the same Thing. I just once I got to that one episode that I really enjoyed, I just kept on going because I needed to know what else happened. <sighs> All right, so I don't know. It was it was great. I gave it like a nine out of ten. Yeah, I gave it. I think I gave it like an eight point five. But yeah, it's a uh, very good. If you have not checked it out yet, which I don't know many people who have not, I would say definitely check it out if you're bored like- and need entertained. It kind of sucks because, like, when I first seen it, I was so excited to talk about it. But I've talked about it with so many people and read so much and seen so many other people talk about it that I'm, like, exhausted in talking about it. Yeah, me too. It's, like, it blew up pretty quick. I'm glad I I did watch it kind of before it peaked on its popularity because of you. You're the one who told me about it. And actually at work, it's, like, I I heard people were, like, did did anyone watch that documentary yet? I hear, like, someone's arm gets torn off. And I was, like, what are you talking about? And then um, we all watched it at work, and I was talking about it with all of them. So, yeah, at this point, it's been everyone knows what it's about by now. But it is good stuff. It is good stuff. Yeah, I agree. All right, so um, that is our sort of bonus review. Um, What's our featured review? Our featured review is She is Allergic to Cats, which was originally done in 2016 and just now is getting released. So, yeah, do you want me to... Yeah, it was actually done as a Kickstarter in 2013 Mm -hmm. in which it made 15k. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the summary here on IMDb, like, pretty much tells the entire film... Um, but you're basically following this dog groomer who had, he moved to Hollywood with aspirations of, uh, you know, making it big, I suppose. And like, he wants to make these movies, but he, right now he's just a struggling dog groomer. He lives in like a crappy apartment, kind of has a low income lifestyle, if you will. Um, and his home is like infested with rats. He has a landlord who's not very helpful at all. And um, 
you know, he's just not really living the life, and he kind of is plagued by these dreams of, I guess, kind of illusions in a way of what he would like his life to be, and just a mixture of, like, the movies he wants to make, and just all these weird dreams he always is having every single night. He wants to remake Carrie with cats. Yes, yeah, that's kind of his... That's his big project that he has going on throughout the whole movie that he keeps trying to pitch. Um, and, you know, so he's just kind of like a lame dude who isn't really going anywhere right now. Um, and one day when he is grooming the dogs and whatnot at his job, he meets this girl named Cora who uh, brings in a dog and he's clipping the dog's nails. He is attracted to her, so he asks her out and she actually agrees to go out with him and that kind of um you know things spiral a little bit more out of control with him and his like dark side and illusions i guess you can say and um yeah kind of goes from there he you know goes out with her and then stuff kind of you know goes on so yeah that's a pretty basic movie really i mean that's kind of the gist it's kind of like a character piece type of film i guess you can call it about this dude and his life, his just kind of pathetic life, and his uh, dreams of being something bigger, and also just kind of being a weirdo, and that's that's what you get with this movie. So, um, what did you think? Thought it sucked. <laughs> All right. Um, would you like to elaborate? Um. I thought it was a little pretentious. Um, it looked like it was trying to be pretty art housey, but it just never really. I mean, honestly, I did like the video look of it. Um, I th- is this shot on video? I don't know. Um, I don't. I didn't, to me, I didn't think it was like I. But I don't really know. Yeah. Um, Let me. See. I'm not sure. I, it looked like it was shot on video to me, but... I don't know, to me it looks a little bit less trash than shot on video, but... I don't know, Um, but... I didn't think it, like, sucked per se, but I do feel there wasn't really much to it, especially, you know, they did a Kickstarter and everything. I feel like... And this is what they wanted to make. Like, it's just a basic film with uh, not really... It's nothing... Uh, like, I've seen movies like this before. It's just like, okay, a disturbed guy who doesn't even seem really disturbed or anything. He's, like, not a bad-looking dude. He's not really super awkward, in my opinion, or anything. So, you know, I mean, he gets this pretty girl to go out with him. Um, to me, it was just a very basic plot line. There just... I, what? Not much happened. Yeah, it's... And it's only it only runs an hour and uh, like twelve minutes, I believe, which is all it really needed to run. So at least it didn't overstay its welcome. But yeah, it's nothing. What was just... up with the like artsy shots of the dog grooming, like squeezing on its buttholes and stuff? I don't. I think it was just like his psychosis or something. And is that the? Are you talking about the beginning scene or like just throughout the movie? Or wait, because it opens up with like. No, Something. it's like in the middle of the film. Okay. Dude, it was disgusting. Yeah, I don't... Okay, yeah, I think I know what you mean, but... I don't know. I think it's just like... I think they're supposed to... I think the... Like you said, it's a little pretentious with that stuff. I think they're just trying to make it seem like this guy's whacked and has these weird hallucinations and dreams. And... I don't even think that was a hallucination. I think that was like what he was doing. Okay, I don't remember that part. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop bringing know, it up. Dude, I, I don't know. I, there's just not much to this film, honestly. I I just didn't. I, it's, I thought, it's hard to get anything out of, really. I thought, you know, I watched it twice to make sure I wasn't missing any underlying stuff. Because it felt like one of those movies that might have been trying to, like, be artsy and, like, give another extra messages or something. But I don't think it is. I think it literally is just, like, a weird guy gets a girl, then things kind of go wrong at the end allergic to cats blah but i i mean i will say i think it was shot okay i didn't care for all the artsy stuff because it was just trying a little too hard since the plot was so basic 
And so I didn't care for that, but I thought it was like shot decently and I thought the actors were okay. Like I thought the acting was all right in the film. Um, and I was kind of enthralled by certain aspects to it. It's like the ending when they kind of, you know, break into that dude's house. I kind of like that. Look at but, his movie collection. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. I like seeing all the weird movies that he had in his collection. And then the girl telling that weird story about the duck ducks and whatnot, so um, I kind of like the girl character a little bit more than the dude. She was like more interesting in my opinion, but yeah, the bottom line is there really isn't too much to it. Mm-hmm. There's not really much to say on it. We already just said the entire plot pretty much, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what would you, I guess, rate this bad boy? Three. Damn. I mean, I can't. <laughs> You're so blunt about it. Um, I gave it a six. <laughs> like, uh, here's my thing: if it was if it was made like do-it-yourself style, um, I know fifteen thousand dollars is very very little when it comes to movies, but you know, I, I saw what Dave did with no money, and it's about the same quality as as this. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that if Dave had $15,000 to spend on a film, I think he would have done a much better job. Um, so I just think that it's just like uninteresting. You know what I mean? Like whenever, like when I think of these films that have these, um, you know, this character study esque, you know, disturbed fall of the sky, I think of stuff like bag boy, lover boy, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think of movies like may and stuff, which uh, granted costs a lot more than $15,000, but like, I just want a little bit more depth than to just say this guy is like wacky and you know, like I, th- th- one thing. Okay. Here's, here's one thing that could help this film there. It, it costs $0 to write in, in, uh, interesting dialogue. Mm-hmm. And there just wasn't, there was a lot of static shots without dialogue in this film. Yeah, true. This could have benefited some good from some good dialogue. dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I kind of like the dialogue towards the end, but I feel like it is lacking yeah, the, it's, at it's the beginning. The, the, yeah, if that was throughout the film, mm-hmm. maybe a narration or something, um, what's going on in his head, clever little things. Um, we just watched uh, a movie about a serial killer type guy. Um, who's like talking to a figment of his imagination. And that could have been a good approach for this. Something like that, where this guy's like sort of walking you through his thought processes and shit. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, uh, let's get into these letterbox. What did you rate it? I told you I gave it a six. Oh, okay. But yeah, let's get into, so a six. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. I feel like I it's gave like the movies. same. Isn't that what you gave Hansel and Gretel? No, I gave that a seven point five. Oh, okay. I I mean like, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm a generous rater, I suppose. I I I'm a little harsher this year, but I yeah. I mean, I thought I think I thought this movie was going to be more trash than it was. Is what my thought process is because. You said it was like a Kickstarter. It was made on little money. So I thought like it was going to look like crap. The acting was going to be really bad. And it was going to look like something I filmed myself. So that's kind of why I was like, oh, you know what? This isn't too bad. It's just nothing special. All right. So let's get into these letterboxed reviews. Um, we have a positive review by Nick's skits. If you, Again, if you don't believe us, maybe listen to one of these guys. Uh, a four star review. Since weird will certainly be the single most common word used to describe she's, then let in the world's words of Hunter S. Thompson, the weird turn pro. Imagine if several video formats all decided to to get rip roaring out of their mechanical brains on technical LSD at the same time, then you might come up with something far out like she's allergic to cats. A low fidelity with a pure at heart cinema reason to be experienced. One without its own unique charms. I felt rather odd. I felt the rather odd influence of things from Stark Live Television of the 1950s, 
colliding with the 1990s barebone public access television sensibility at work throughout. I actually agree with that. That's a pretty, pretty good um, description of the visual look of this film. Um, he then goes to say, it definitely feels like a lost soul searching for truth in the ultimate dishonest showbiz town sort of modern tale with a twist. Indeed, Los Angeles, the city is itself a character here alongside Mike Pinky, Cora, see it, believe in it. Michael Reach is a fearless director who truly followed a vision while making this meow. Feel like he might have been cousins with Michael. <laughs> Used a lot of big words there. Yeah, and then a two-star review from the movie Whisper. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. I'm not ashamed, but if you like to see a dog's anal gland squeeze, this is the film for you. I'm trying to work our how a movie with so many great references to great cinema had no lasting impact on me. I hear the sound of aeroplanes. (laughs) (laughs) The movie whisper (laughs) on Letterboxd. All right. So, yeah, Um, I didn't really care for it. Yeah. I mean, I'll never watch it again. I just didn't think it was that bad, though. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not making my top ten of the year. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Right, meow. <laughs> meow. And the cat. All right, so that is it for this episode. Don't know what we're doing next week, guys. We could do something like um, Come to Daddy. Uh, my mouse's batteries went dead. Oh no! We could do something like, um, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we will pull it out of our buttholes and get back to you. Alright, thank you for watching, listening, or watching. Yeah. Peace. Peace.